All right, I think we'll go ahead and get started. We're probably not going to have any more joiners this evening, and that's perfectly fine. Uh, so good evening, everybody. My name's Cujo. Um, we got Dan, Dave, and Alex with us tonight, as usual. Um, I don't have a ton of articles tonight, so depending on the conversation tonight, uh, it might be a short show. Uh, the news cycle is obviously being dominated by other things right now. Um and uh even to get what i've got i've kind of had to uh un you know dig super deep so at least i don't uh, have to I fill up have... my drone with gasoline that's a good thing yes yes absolutely <laughs> you know uh but um at any rate uh i'll go ahead and get started on some of that stuff so let me get my screen well, shared battery here the battery price is gonna go up the prices of everything are going up there was a video recently of a drone that was running on gasoline and it looked scary. No, there actually are uh, several different uh, UAS systems that do operate on gasoline and they operate on gasoline to charge uh, batteries that are yeah, on hybrid board. systems. Yeah, okay. so... that makes sense. And then there's uh, the old timey uh, Dave planes that are also gas powered. Dave planes. <laughs> He's talking about the... nitro, right? When so. You're gonna cut your fingers off. I'm sorry. Say that again. When you arm the drone, you're gonna cut your fingers off pretty hard. Well, that's why you want to do things safely and ensure your fingers aren't near when you arm your drone. I mean, that's a that's a that's a big thing. Remember to take off your propellers. Absolutely, absolutely. When you're working on your drone, big deal. All right, so um. But to go back, yes, there are uh, hybrid drones. There's actually uh, gasoline-powered ones. There's hydrogen-powered drones um, and uh, a couple other variants of, of that kind of stuff. So um, it's actually not as foreign as you think it would be. But uh, this one, uh, let me post the link here. Um this is uh, NASA invests in solid-state silent drone flight systems. So the space agency has flown a helicopter on Mars, which, by the way, was expected to last for, I think, about five missions and approximately a couple of weeks or a month. Um, and it's still going a year later, and it's still hopping around Mars in little 20-second flights. Hopping is a good uh, way to describe it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. So uh, super proud of that little little guy uh, that's uh, stuck on another planet uh, checking things out. But anyway, uh, it's now supporting an effort to bring stealthy delivery drones to urban environments on Earth and maybe beyond. Uh, so it says NASA is investing in a new kind of airplane, one that works off propulsion system with no moving parts. The space agency funds research into futuristic, experimental, and nascent tech technologies through uh, the NASA Innovative Advanced Concepts Program. The latest round of NIAC fellows announced last month includes MIT aerospace engineering professor Stephen Barrett, who has been working for years on a silent, Solid state flying system. Um, Barrett and the MIT Electric Aircraft Initiative published a paper about the technology on a journal in the journal in the journal Nature in 2018. Rather than rotors or propellers, they developed a small aircraft with a series of electrodes beneath the wings, creating high 
voltage electric field that ionizes and then accelerates nitrogen molecules in the atmosphere to propel the plane forward. That sounds been around for a while, actually. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure how new this is. Well, it says uh, 2018 um, that there was I a think paper. They're even older. They're called, there's uh, called Ionicraft. There's a whole Wikipedia. Yeah, so, uh, the type of propulsion has been used in space, but it's pretty weak. Yes, it is absolutely, and it's only it's uh, ion drives, and uh, um, I've read a lot about uh, ion drives for spaceflight, um, but I've not heard it for airplanes before. But um, I I will take your word for it. I didn't know that we were actually being able to do this, but then the video on it says ion drive the first flight. So, um, but uh, yeah, there you go, ion propelled aircraft, perfect. So let's see. Um, so why is NASA interested in silent urban delivery drone tech? Well, the space agency also works in aeronautics here on Earth, but it may have its eyes on more distant destinations after flying its own tiny helicopter on Mars. Solid state technology without moving parts is always an attractive perk for space mis missions what, where repairing worn out components is often impossible. Um, so pretty interesting. Um, yeah, they are pretty cool. Absolutely. The one thing that I remember about them was they had basically no lifting capabilities. So maybe that's the thing that they figured out is they figured out how to actually get a little more thrust out of them. Yeah, it might be. I mean, the the whole the whole uh, thing about airplanes is getting you know air moving over the wing. So uh, if they can get the thrust, they can add, fly. Uh, what happens if you add that type of motor in a drone? Do do you get prop wash? So I would imagine if it's accelerating uh, molecules, then you're going to get some kind of wash. Um, I don't know, you know, how intense that would be, but specifically on a drone, I don't know that um, something like that is going to actually propel the drone. Now, what I can imagine is getting the actual aircraft in the air and then utilizing the, the ion drive technology essentially to keep it moving once it's already there yeah uh, so that might be an option small problem the motors can get hot and burn in the frame fair enough yeah burn in the frame all right so um the other thing that i it was going to bring and this is a facebook post i initially read and Almost the second I read it, Dave sent me an email on it um, regarding uh, drone security. So this seems like an interesting concept, and I'm going to bring something kind of a step beyond this as kind of a conversation piece. But um, this gentleman, Mike, he said, uh, we've seen 100-plus posts about stolen drones in the last year. Our team decided to build a decent stolen drone uh, tracking system. Um which is a uh, desktop only for now. So you can't use it on your phone, but uh, we've now built a system that not only tracks this info, but also crawls the web searching for it in common marketplaces, such as Facebook, eBay, and Craigslist. Once found, it alerts you. Um, it's hard to track serial numbers that are in Facebook comments and share from group uh, groups that are private or hidden. It's hard for buyers to quickly determine if the, uh, Serial number of a drone they are buying has been reported as stolen or illegitimate, and it's difficult for people or law enforcement to find the owner of a drone once it's been located 
uh, or seized, and your information remains uh, completely private, just contactable. To further this, it enables drone detection systems using an API to potentially see your drone mid-air and notify you uh, back via our system where it was seen. It's completely free to use. Um, they, you, I guess you can pay to supercharge searches if you want. And the point is to make up for what the manufacturers don't seem to be able to do, which is help. Really, uh, really keen to get your uh, honest feedback and help make it harder for criminals to sell stolen drones online. If your drone has been stolen, feel free to add it in. So um, I pulled it up, and you can go in here and you can report a lost drone or you can report a drone found. And you can see several several people have uh, um, reported uh, their drone stolen. Um, there is some how-tos in here on how does it work. Um, but essentially, I, I think he kind of gave the gist. Is it, it It's essentially... A, an API that crawls the different, uh, you know, places where you can sell stuff. I would assume like OfferUp, uh, Craigslist, eBay, Facebook, and searches for those serial numbers so that you, and once located, they can kind of clue you into where it's being sold and, and that kind of stuff. So you can turn that information over to the authorities. And uh, it's a, it's a really interesting uh, system, I think. And, you know, as long as uh, it's being helpful, I, I think it's a great idea. Now, I was thinking about this the other day, and one of the interesting thoughts I had would, you know, as a uh, a rare benefit of remote ID, <laughs> would be being able to utilize remote ID similar to what uh, people use Apple AirTags for. Um, if your drone is in the air, and especially if you have a standard standard remote ID uh, drone, it's in the air, it's broadcasting, somebody picks up that serial number, you've reported that specific serial number stolen, and then that information can get fed back to you or fed back to authorities as a, a potential stolen drone that's being flown and uh, maybe alert some you know, alert the authorities to that and help you get your drone back. And it was a thought that I had. And I was just like, huh, that's a that's a, a rare side benefit that I wonder how many people have actually thought of um, to then, utilize that. What would happen if someone found your your remote ID number and reported it missing for them? Well, you know, that's that's not a, a bad idea. <laughs> A bad thought either, which is why I thought I'm like, let's have a discussion about this. You know, is this something that could be utilized effectively as a deterrent to drone theft? Seems like um, there's some potential like there. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying. I think that sounds like there's some potential there. Yeah. Oh yeah, it yeah. looks like it looks like Kenji's using it. That DJF PV from Oregon with the picture of the van. Yeah, I think he had right. one stolen fairly recently. Right? Oh, didn't he have a whole bunch yeah. of stuff stolen? Yeah, I think he did. I think yeah. that's a picture of his front van on the the Oregon one. It's on the right column in the middle. Mm. Our right column in the middle. DJI FPV. Mm, okay. I think it looks like. I think that's might be Kenny. Yeah, the fourth one, third oh, one. Oh, there down. it is. I see it. Yep. I see it there. Huh. 
I think the big thing for these systems is they kind of need to be opt-in. Like for, uh, for like, like remote ID? Yeah, just for any type of thing where we're going to be pulling in that kind of data, if we're going to have to have remote ID, if we're going to be giving it to third-party sites, we need to have that kind of be an opt-in thing. Because otherwise, we're just going to have people tracking us all the time. Dave, I well, think you were trying to say something. I think you're muted, bud. <laughs> yeah, we definitely can't hear him if he's trying to talk to us. Is he mute? But I could imagine. Check your sensitivity. Yeah, I could ima imagine that like the remote ID app that will exist someday for mobile phones could automatically check a website like this for lost or stolen drones. And if you fire that up and it sees one, it could say, hey, by the way, you're near a, a drone that's been reported lost or stolen. Right. Or, yeah, you know, that could be really cool. So, I mean, I think one but, of the thing the things is, is, you know, I, I agree that if you're going to be providing that info, uh, obviously, if you're going to report a drone stolen, that's your opt in right there. Right. So. Um, but on the flip side, you know, remote ID is going to be broadcasting your your you know certain information into the ether uh either way oh, so i'm let's sorry let's pretend that the people the person that stole the drone has the the drone in their hand and they have their finger in the rock what happens if you arm it you uh <laughs> depends well, on the country but in the u.s you'd still be in trouble for for hurting them you can't hurt someone just because they stole something from you exactly but you know even further than that i mean depending uh the props not gonna so you know uh, my thought is is that you know if it can be utilized that way in terms of being able to locate stuff you know you know not many benefits to remote id from <laughs> from our side but uh that might be one of them dave are you fixed We've got video. <laughs> I don't know if we have audio. The opposite problem. <laughs> well, I can see he's muting and unmuting his headphones. <laughs> All right. So um, at any rate, uh, I thought it was an interesting thought and um, maybe something that could be incorporated into some future uh, remote ID. But just FYI is my idea first. <laughs> get the patent quick <laughs> using know, right? remote id to find lost and stolen drones one thing i was thinking is, is for a lot of the freestyle drones this is going to be a little harder to implement until there is remote id simply because we don't really have serial numbers on a lot of our drones like that absolutely yeah, yeah. And... The registration number <laughs> true well right but you're not broadcasting anything so you wouldn't be able to implement that anyway so you know, and I would imagine the first thing that, you know, somebody would take off of a, a, a drone would be any kind of identification stickers, right? So, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I know I generally use a Dymo label maker to label my my guys. So, because um, I can print it and it's, you know, I can trim it to fit in some weird place. But, um, you know, it's just, uh, just a thought because, I mean, we're going to be essentially inputting the serial number of our broadcast modules in, um, or if you've got standard remote ID, the serial number of your actual, you know, drone. So, I mean, I don't think it would be too far, and you can literally use the, the general public 
almost as a, a sounding board for, you know, locating these things and, and bouncing that information around. So who knows? Uh, just a thought. But uh, that's really all I have for news tonight. Again, you know, I apologize. There's just not a whole lot out there. Um, even my normal search terms are bringing back, uh, you know, things for Russia and Ukraine and, and that kind of stuff, which I definitely don't want to go down uh, that path this evening. But um, but uh, at any rate, uh, Alex, do you have anything for us while Dave's trying to sort out his uh, technical issues? <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, so multi-gp side of things we had the global qualifier contest narrowed it down to nine tracks and this year the track that won the design contest was ak's track again so oh, he won the competition twice in a row so we're running we're AK's track for yep for the gq this season um that the gq season is going to be from april 1st to i think july 18th i believe it's a shorter season so mm -hmm. the three race prior requirement to hosting a g oh, oh no. lost him. <laughs> alex is... okay. goodbye alex <laughs> he's still here in the audio <laughs> oh there we go all right keep talking alex <laughs> i think dave messed with my computer somehow <laughs> contagious <laughs> all right so uh it's a shorter C gq season so that means you got to practice a lot more and go to the races a lot more and you have less time to get faster yep cutoff is still going to be 150 for pro class and it'll go from there when you say the cutoff is 150 uh you're saying a a minute 50? Uh, top 150 oh, pilots. Oh, top on the 150 pilots. I wasn't paying close enough attention to catch what you meant by that. Are you going to be top 150, Alex? Hopefully. <laughs> we'll, we'll see about that one. Good That's luck. All right. So, um, let's see. Uh, I, I think Dave's still trying to sort himself out. Um, so the only other thing I had, we can we can share that, right? I think it's already been shared other places. Oh, flight uh, test. Yep. Flight test. So um, Dave and I are going to be going to Flight Fest this year. So if you guys are uh, headed that way already, fantastic. If you're not, I definitely encourage you guys to check it out. Um, we have yeah, been I uh, my own good. <laughs> So we've been uh, talking with uh, Josh over at uh, Flight Test, and um, we are going to be kind of uh, spearheading the FPV uh, side of the event over there. Um, so uh, obviously some some uh, big... Uh... Hey, we can hear Dave. Sorry. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> we'll take audio if no video. Um, but yeah, so we've got some... Uh, Good plans. Uh, we're still working out uh, some of the uh, specifics, but uh, we are going to be there for the uh, four days there. So uh, super excited to be able to go. Um, I know flight test was one of the influences that I had when I first started in the hobby. 
Um, I'm sure a lot of people can kind of concur with that. Um, but uh, they do a lot of great things, especially for, for education. And uh, super happy to uh, be invited to uh, kind of go help them out and uh, be a presence at their event. Um, so super excited about that. Um, so that's going to be a cool deal. Hey, we got a Dave. There we go. <laughs> All right. You <laughs> say it looks like gave up on the computer. Yes, I did. <laughs> so, uh, Dave, what 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 else you got for us tonight, sir? Oh, can you hear me? Okay, we yep. can. You can yes. through crystal clear. The um, thank you. This yeah, this computer with the with Discord just doesn't seem to be uh, compatible. Um. The ba- I checked on the dates of the uh, the ASTM balloting uh, for the remote ID uh, documentation, and this is important for manufacturers of standard remote ID as well as broadcast remote ID, because this is a not uh, the only, but it's a um, means of compliance document that uh, we've been trying to get out the door since last August. So, it's uh, balloting is supposed to be complete. Uh, uh, towards the end of April, April 19, and then the document goes to the FAA, and then the FAA hopefully approves it. Now, the FAA has done yeoman's work with us, and us is the ASTM, and uh, that's a a standards development body, and uh, this is, um, hopefully they turn around the document in several months. That means that uh, just prior to manufacturers having to start delivering uh, a standard remote standard remote ID UAS with remote ID uh, that's when the means of compliance specification from the uh, ASTM and approved by the FAA would be available so not very good timing but probably enough for uh, the broadcast module which of course is required um, uh, um, September 2023. So uh, it, I've been looking for this date, and uh, certainly much later than uh, we uh, we had hoped. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's uh, that's the status on the ASTM uh, document. Uh, we've also just submitted the uh, Beyond Visual Line of Sight Aviation Rule Making Committee document on March 4 to the FAA, and we're hopeful that in about a month the FAA will release that document as the this is what was submitted by the ARC to the FAA so that we can share uh, the contents of that. Dan uh, Oaks and I uh, worked on that. And yeah, I, I think did, that's I did see that uh, on the schedule for that AUVSI symposium, uh, Jay Merkel is going to be talking about the Beyond Visual Line of Sight ARC. So. Hopefully they'll publish it before then, and he'll have more that he can say about it. Right, that'd be a short conversation, otherwise. <laughs> well, like like the the previous uh, AC meeting where they just didn't say anything about it, but talked about it. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> yeah, that was that's come that's exponential coming up uh, April 25, 20. 6, 7, and eight. Is that right, Alex? Yes, that's correct. So that's not much time for them to get that out. For twenty seven, twenty eight. You'll yep. be at the AUVSI symposium. Hopefully, that's the goal. I have to get the school to pay for that. <laughs> Good man. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous it, how everyone... much it costs. Yeah, it, yeah is. it is. Yep. It is. And and for us, it's a, uh, it, yeah, it's a great networking event. Um, a number of the people who have worked on uh, the DAC, uh, the AIAC tasking group that we just uh, completed uh, with Alex uh, and I were working on that, on the integration of um, STEM, aviation-specific STEM to K-12. Uh, with the, some of those folks will be there. A bunch of the um, Beyond Visual Line of Sight ARC people will be there. But it is a, uh, the AUVSI continues to be commercial only. And certainly one of the things that uh, Alex has been working on is to see if they're interested in a, uh, a presentation on something recreational. Um, but the, what, two years ago now, I hosted a panel. So they're little, little tiny uh, forays uh, into uh, the, con the, uh, the drones that uh, outnumber commercial still by uh, a factor. So uh, we'll, we're, we'll keep working and we do have a good relationship with the CEO of AUVSI through the FAA AAAC work we've been doing. What else is coming up? Lots of other, yeah, the, and good for mentioning Mayhem. Uh, Flight Fest. Mayhem is coming up. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> And is Rotor Riot doing a, uh, a rampage in, in May? Yes, May 14, 15, or 13, 14. One of those day combinations. <laughs> no, yeah, 14, 15, because it's a okay. Saturday and Sunday. Excellent. And they, I know I think, 13th is a... I think they also just announced another um, quad camp in California. I thought I saw a I April. headline for that. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that'll be great. Yeah. There's the Milwaukee somewhat... Ice Storm race. Yeah, that's uh, multi GP, right? Yep. Excellent. And that's in April as well, Alex? Yep. Uh, it's the weekend after Exponential. Great. And Josh, I did hear you talk, talking about Flight Fest. I did, and yes. At, and the dates on Flight Fest are 23 through 26 June, I believe. Yep. That sounds about right. Yep. And there's IO, which is six through twelve June. So hope lots hope of lots folks... of great events coming up, guys. So really? I definitely encourage if you if you can, um, and you you can get out and go. Um, last two years have been kind of crazy for everybody, I'm sure. So get out, uh, meet your friends, go have some fun, go flying. Um, I think it's just going to be a, a I'm hoping a good year for all that. And um, we're excited to be able to, you know, finally get out and participate at some of these events. Um, and us being and, at, uh, at Flight Fest is sort of just the, the first public um, evidence of Flight Test and the Flight Test Community Association, right? FTCA. And us working mm -hmm. together. Um, and hopefully making more and more progress on lots of things. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, uh, that's really all I have. So I feel like uh, we're shortchanging you tonight, but usually I have like, you know, five more articles to go. Um, but uh, I just could not find anything super newsworthy this week. So um, that that's on me. And uh, I guess then, uh, one reason why the news is so slow but yet related to that is um there were a lot of drone related things related to what's going on over in ukraine um 
Mm -hmm. I guess uh, we could have brought up some of those articles, but people have probably seen all of those by now, how people are using drones over there to help for surveillance and everything like that. Um, yep. If we wanted to, we could get into things like, well, you know, if they had remote ID, that wouldn't be such a good thing right now. Um, <laughs> if they had the U.S. version of remote ID where it tells the pilot, you know, anybody nearby where the pilot is. Um, yeah, exactly. You wouldn't want to be flying a remote ID compatible drone in a war zone. No, sure wouldn't. No, but I, you know, I could have pulled a bunch of that stuff up. But honestly, I, I think giving people a break from that. Uh, sure. Uh, is a little bit of a, you know, I have a little soft spot for just giving people a break from, from real life for a minute. So, um, but, uh, you know, in any case, uh, I do appreciate everybody joining in. Uh, I do appreciate, uh, some of the, uh, um, feedback and, uh, Yanni, uh, was kind enough to let me know that my ultra wide monitor is, uh, messing up his ability to view my articles. So I will try and shrink those windows going forward. Um, I do appreciate that feedback. That's great feedback for me uh, so that I can get uh, better, better content for you guys. So are you going to make more? Absolutely. We do this every two weeks, buddy, every two weeks. So every Wednesday. All right. Well, you have a great night. And uh, with that, uh, unless there's any more feedback, I'll give you back the rest of your evening. Yeah, anybody else have any questions for us that we can hopefully help answer? Or what What did we forget to talk about this week? Yeah, anything I miss? That would be a good one. D don't Drum. leave your drone with your battery when you carry it around. Absolutely. In fact... If you go to our website, fpvfc.org, um, you can click on the safety guidelines on there. And there's a whole bunch of great safety tips that you can use, especially since it sounds like you're learning a lot about drones right now. Um, things uh, you need to do before you fly. Um, it's called ADHD. Yep. You know what? I got it. I'm right there with you, buddy. <laughs> so, so speaking um, of our, our website, I suppose we could bring up... Um... We now have an affiliate link to the Pilot Institute. Oh, yeah. So if any of you are interested in paying for some help to get your Part 107 taken, uh, if you follow our affiliate link, that'd be a great way to just sort of donate part of your 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 payment to what is to the us. Thing? That's if you want to do commercial operations in the United States, you need a Part 107 license to legally fly your drone for commercial reasons if you're flying for anything other than fun in the united states like you know you're you're doing it as part of a job you're doing it to to sell pictures whatever all kinds of things like that you need a part 107 or if you're just flying not for fun yep if you're flying because it's terrible and you hate it <laughs> you need your part 107 <laughs> yep so if you go down here uh right here we've got uh where you can become a member if you want to support us. Uh, you can uh, check out, we, we've got a couple shirts that we sell, uh, two of them, uh, which were designed by Miss Creature. They're really cool. Alex is showcasing one of them right there. Um, and then uh, we've got uh, our Pilot Institute uh, affiliate link right there. Um, Pilot Institute has a lot of great information, guys. Um, if you're looking to get your part 107, they've got paid courses. Um, and they will guarantee that you pass, um, which is a, a you don't see a lot of uh, places do that. They great content. Um, 
Greg uh, has a great presentation style. He's a not only a drone pilot, but a a regular pilot, a man, uh, a full scale pilot as well. Um, so he's able to provide content that kind of caters to both sides of the coin when it comes to aviation. Um, and they have a lot of free content as well. So I definitely encourage you guys to check them out. Um, and then if you go up to the top here, we've got, uh, um, our safety guidelines, which is what I was telling NOS about over here. Um, and, uh, you can go through those, just get some information and, uh, on that we've got, uh, education. So Dan has, uh, and we're all working on some of these articles, so stay tuned for the future, but Dan has, uh, done some great work. Uh, I on, just added uh, that part 107 link there to, to... yep. Okay. Uh, okay. So what else? Oh, wrong language. Oh yeah, it's cool. I missed that, but okay. Um, and then uh, if you feel like you want to reach out to us, we've got our our contact page, and and you can reach out to us with any questions or comments or anything like that. So, um, and then uh, just uh, on uh, some other stuff, we've got some resources here on how to reach out to your con congressman. Uh, the remote ID final rule summary, if you're curious about what actually came out in the remote ID rule, um, and uh, a couple other things that are going on. So, um, but uh, yeah, definitely uh, check it out if you've got some questions or anything the like that. The congressman uh, thing kind of brought something up into my mind. Uh, yeah, what's my, up? St my state in Michigan has passed a law a while ago that has preempted all of the local municipalities from making any laws about drones. Yep, yep. Arizona that, has that. That might be something good to push towards the other states that don't have that, just to kind of shut down all these little local people trying to, you know, put their foot down and stomp all these mm -hmm. nasty drone pilots. Yeah. Still doesn't stop some cities. They well, still oh, try. Yeah, for sure, it, it definitely won't fix everything, but it's it's a good start. It is like here in Michigan. Start. It's nice. We can just fly anywhere we want. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, Arizona, Pennsylvania has it. Arizona, yeah, and, and several like, other uh, states. Like we were pushing in the Department of Parks, and for Oregon, they've got a uh, a rule coming up that uh, it, the default will be you can fly unless there's uh, some restriction across all their state parks. So a, it sounds like that's an, uh, a similar or analogous. Uh, regulation like you've got in Michigan. And I agree, that would be a, a great uh, effort to take uh, take up state by state. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's definitely done some positive things for, for um, Arizona. In fact, Arizona basically states, nobody can make, you know, nobody can make a rule except for the state. And the state chooses to follow what the FAA says. Um, oh, and by the way, every city has to provide at least one park where uh, you can fly model airplanes or, or drones. So um, that's that's been a boon for 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 us to um, have places to fly um, if you're not just, you know, flying out uh, in normal spots. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. So, uh, yeah, if you've got any questions, uh, feel free to reach out to us, uh, through our website here on discord, um, check out the shirts. Uh, we like them. Uh, we think they're pretty cool. Um, Alex is rocking it. And, uh, I will also, uh, when we go to flight fest, I will bring samples of the shirts. Um, stickers, lots of stickers. Lots of stickers. We got, uh, 
We got slaps. We got the the standard FPBFC logo. We got uh, the cool. Uh, I don't know what we're calling this. The graffiti. The graffiti logo. Um, but uh, and uh, so I'll hand those out. Those are free. Um, and then uh, I'll have samples of the shirts. We won't be selling the shirts there, but we'll uh, just point you back to the website to to grab them there. Um, just because we're going to be traveling light and trying to bring as much uh, uh, other drone related stuff that we possibly can. So, um, but in the meantime, uh, we'll see you in two weeks, um, and hopefully we'll have some uh, better uh, articles happening. And uh, yeah. So thanks, everybody. Y'all have a great night. And thank you, guys.